listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. This is the Rainmaking Podcast, and my name is Scott Love. I'm your host. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Today, our guest is Jason Levin, and we're talking about his book, Relationships to Infinity, The Art and Science of Keeping in Touch. So if you're in the business of getting business, this is a book that you need to read. I read it. I'd highly recommend it. He's got some great ideas in there that are based on research. I like the way he formats and structures the book. So it's a book that you're not necessarily just reading, but you're implementing the ideas that he shares. And there are some very good ideas in that book. Let me tell you a little bit about Jason. He believes in the power of authentic relationships to transform careers. He's based in Washington, D.C., and his company is Ready, Set, Launch, where he's an in-demand career and business development coach, speaker, and trainer. Jason's got an impressive background. He's got broad career experience in brand management at Unilever, consulting at Accenture, and law firm branding sales at vault.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and remember that the sponsor of this show is the business intelligence suite of Firmscape, powered by Leopard Solutions. Push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. Our guest today is Jason Levin. And today we're talking about Jason's book, Relationships to Infinity. Jason, thanks for joining me on the show today. Scott, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Appreciate you. Absolutely. I've seen your LinkedIn posts. I've read your book. And what can I say? I'm a fan. And I'm honored that you would be here today. And there's a couple of reasons why I'm excited about this book. I've read a lot, and I've read a lot of books on sales and business development. And it's always nice to see a book where you say, I know that, and that's a good idea, and I need to start doing that. But your book was a little bit different because it gave me some new ideas. It gave me some concepts that someone like me, a sales junkie, where I'm thinking about this all the time, here's a new idea. Here's something I can integrate and take action on. And I love the way that you put so much research into this book that you really substantiate this with evidence, with research-based theory. I like the fact that you have the takeaways at the end of every chapter with also here are some reflection questions. So it becomes not just an interesting and helpful book to read, but also a, a book that's almost this journaling exercise of growth. So welcome. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. <laughs> that's a heck of an introduction. Thank you, Scott. That means a lot coming from you. Well, thanks. And so... And so what I want to do is kind of go through some of these concepts in the book. And the first one was just understanding about dormant ties. And before I go any further, just like I mentioned in your intro, you're an expert on helping people grow in their rainmaking skills. But tell me about this. What do dormant ties mean? And how can we use those dormant ties to grow our network? You know, dormant ties are foundational. And it, you know, one of the things that I wanted to do in the book is really do a deep dive on network theory, right? So, right. so we talk about networks, we talk about networking all the time. I don't think that we fully understand the academic research behind why networks are so powerful. Right. So what dormant ties are, are these people that you currently know that you've lost touch with. And the concept of the dormant tie came from a group of professors that asked a group of executives 
to go out and ask for advice. Right. And they ask them, okay, pick five people you currently know, and then go pick five people that you've lost touch with by at least three years. And then they did a set of ratings and rankings on what was the quality of the advice and the opinions given and those kinds of things. The people that they had lost touch with, by far and large, gave better advice, better insights, better ideas, and, and even better introductions. So the notion of a dormant tie are people that you already know that you've lost touch with. Right. And so for me, dormant ties make you smarter. Mm-hmm. Dormant ties are where the action is. And so, so often we're thinking about, oh, you got to go network or build your network or grow your network. When I think about what the academic research is telling us is that we have already interacted with people. They have gotten to know and trust us as an individual, our character, and the quality of our work. And those are people, these dormant ties are where the opportunity is. And so go get back in touch with the people you've lost touch with. It's, That's right. You know, it was stunning to me to actually go through that academic research and to be able to, you know, we say keep in touch, but there's actually academic research that proves that getting back in touch is actually good for your career and good for your your practice. That's great. I like the concept where you say dormant ties are an important component of your authentic social network. What do you think people can do to kind of kind of resurrect some of those dormant ties? And what are some examples of that? So I think the concept of resurrecting these ties is actually to go through either, you know, if you're a high-performing law firm partner or consulting partner or within professional services, uh, is to review past clients, past sources of referral that you, for whatever reason, lost touch with. It could also be colleagues of yours that have gone on somewhere else that you've lost touch with. It could be that law school classmate that you lost touch with and it's been five or 10 years. And often what I have my clients do is think about, okay, well, why do you know what you know? Why are you good at, who taught you that? Mm. And so it's actually aligning your relationship management with the opportunity to show gratitude. And if you were to actually go back in time and be able to say, well, I know this because so-and-so taught me. And so I was working with this one law firm partner and we started going through this exercise. He was at an AMLA 100 firm, newly transitioned into an AMLA 200 firm, smaller platform, but better fit for him. Right. And we started to go through this dormant tie exercise. And he had told me, you know, there's this law school classmate I just really enjoyed being around. And we just, you know, for personal reasons and whatever, you know, they went to a different city and, and different things, they lost touch. And it had been about four or five years. I said, listen, why don't you just say, you know, and as you know, in working with attorneys, words matter. And what do we put in the RE? And what do we put in the... And I said, how about you put high first name, let's catch up, and you write a, a quick sentence. It's been too long, let's catch up. So, and he had a practice where he was working in uh, real estate. And 
just so happened that his law school classmate had pivoted in-house to an organization that could be in a place to purchase his services. Wow. And while nothing happened on that initial interaction, which is normally the case, right, their friendship got rekindled. And actually, a year later, there was a deal that was about to take place where the person I was working with had that expertise. They were back in touch and he was able to get the work. That's great. And so that's in the book, you know, and you're hitting on something that I think is really important, authentic social network. So no razzmatazz, no, you know, you know, no snake oil. These are real people having real conversations. That's great. And that's such an easy thing for all of us to do. Yes. And part of the reason I wrote this book also was to demystify this notion that, you know, you lose touch with somebody and it's the end of the world, right? right? And that, you know, it's just like, I can't get back in touch with them because it's been so long. And that's just not true. People are dying to hear from you. What do you think people should do if they have that list, but they hesitate? Gosh, it's been so long. I feel uncomfortable. I feel embarrassed. What would you tell that person right now? You know, it's in the book. And there was also an article in the Wall Street Journal about this about two or three weeks ago, which actually confirmed what was already in my book. And I was just so excited. Nostalgia. So being nostalgic actually creates connection with somebody else. So the one thing that you can do is when you think about somebody, what do you remember about them? What is a favorable memory you have about them? And then share that with them. I was thinking about you. This song came on and we used to listen to that at lunchtime because da 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 da. Or I saw this client did X. Remember that work that we did five or 10 years ago on Y? Any kind of memory that you can share hits on uh, people's need to be remembered. And that's what makes us human. Now, you said two words a few minutes ago, and I want to kind of spend time talking about that. You talked about relationship management. Yes. I'd be willing to bet there are people listening that hadn't really thought about relationship management. And, you know, the people I talk to, I'm recruiting partners. I've got colleagues that recruit associates for many of the partners. Some of them I've talked to, they've never considered the fact they should be thinking about managing relationships. They've never thought of it as a thing. And some of them wonder, gosh, why am I not building my book of business? And so talk a little bit about that. I, I really like those words. It's very descriptive. It's accurate. And it makes it a thing. Tell me a bit more about this concept of relationship management. Sure. As you know, managing relationships is the core of building a professional services practice. And if you think about it, a practice is a purchase decision of one person to purchase the thought leadership from somebody else. And so if you're not in the business of managing your relationships, then nobody's going to hire you to solve their problems. And so for me, in terms of annual priorities, weekly priorities, monthly priorities, thinking about who are the relationships that are part of your practice, that are essential to your practice, whether they're purchasing you directly or they're referring you and making that a priority for your time and your energies and thinking about them will allow for you to be able to grow your practice. 
Great. So for me, relationship management is the core of all of this. It begins with that. And yes, there's plenty of people that are smart. There are plenty of people that have great credentials. But at the end of the day, people purchase from people they know and trust and like. That's right. That's right. Let's talk about a network. When you talk about the different perceptions that people have of networking, tell me about that. What are some of the things that you mentioned in your book on in chapter two about networking? You know, people get very uncomfortable with the word networking. So intellectually, the word network, yes, we agree that having a network is important. Having a network allows us to do a great many things. But then people feel dirty. They And they actually, uh, in, in the social science, it showed people actually felt they needed to wash their hands yeah. when they use the word networking because of this notion of some type of transaction that was about to take place. When in reality, if you're helping people solve problems, if you're supporting them, if you're actually going in a direction where you're going to treat them as a human being, then at the end of the day, people feel more comfortable in doing that type of networking. So it's not about just like, hey, you have a problem. I want to solve it. That's not the way these things work. I think that's helpful to keep that in mind. When you talk about social fortress, what does that mean? What's the definition of that? And how should we consider that as we build our network? In times of stress or in times of thinking about opportunities, it is not uncommon that the human mind goes to the people they're most comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And so the concept of the social fortress is that we limit ourselves to a very closed circle. And the notion of the social fortress is that you have to break free from that if you're actually going to get in front of people that want to hire and purchase your services or access information that you currently don't know. And so it's not uncommon at different, you know, you might be feeling blue, you might be feeling down. I mean, certainly in the past two years during the pandemic, we've all had moments where we've had a social fortress around our heads because we just don't want to deal with anything else. So at least to give it a name and to recognize that that exists. And I use, you know, examples in my book of people that naturally are introverted Mm-hmm. And I talk a lot about that in the book because too often people think that introverts can't build a book of business. And that's right. Not true. That's right. So the social fortress is real. And also it's human memory. Sometimes we just forget. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I had a chance to work with some of my clients and I love doing it is once you get in the act of reconnecting. So if you agree that dormant ties are real and that they're important. The moment you actually start the reconnection process, it actually helps break down the social fortress even further. Oh my God, I just reconnected with so-and-so. We talked about that and that was amazing. And then your memory becomes alive again with all these other people you want to reconnect with. That's right. I like the fact that you defined it, that you gave it a name because it made me see what are my deficits. Oh, I don't want to reach out to that person. I'm going to call that guy on Monday. It's Monday. I don't want to call him on too busy. He's on, on Tuesday. He's too busy recovering from Monday. Wednesday, it's hump day. I can't call him that day. 
you know, I would make up excuses for not reaching out to people. But if it's somebody that's already in my warm network, that's my social fortress. I get that. But I like the fact that the warm ties, that's an easy way for people to still feel safe and still build their network and build that. And one one thing I'd thought of before, and let me ask you this, what your opinion is on this, Jason. Do you think it's possible that somebody can be overwhelmed with managing all these relationships? Is there any limit to the number of people that we should have within our network? What, What do you think about that? You know, it's interesting. And people have asked me that question. My knee-jerk reaction is always quality over quantity. And for each individual, that quality could be 20 or 100 or 300. I think that for each individual, however they're able to manage it is up to them. There was research, and I didn't use it in the book, that talked about the theory of 100 that most human beings can't process more than 100 people at any one time. And actually, organizations have been created around that research. But what I also noticed is that research got debunked. Mm -hmm. So so you're asking a very interesting question (laughs) that academic research has not fully come out on one way or another. And and it's funny you you talk about that because there's a chapter that did not get written on that exact topic. Oh, interesting. That'll be your next book. Yeah, that'll be the next <laughs> But I'm, I'm, glad to, I'm glad you asked that, Scott, because it's, it's something that is being discussed. So if somebody says, these are great ideas, I know Jason's right, I know I should do that, I really want to do that, but I'm so busy. I just don't have the time. How would you, what advice would you give to that person? You know, and I've got a um, chapter on time management. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, one of the things is, you know, and I see it all the time. It's like, all right, show me your calendar and I'll, and and you can show me your priorities. Show me your calendar, show me your priorities. And so where is reconnection or connection in your weekly calendar? And I actually had a client of mine that got so excited about this relationship management process that she put into her calendar half an hour a week, and she called it CC, connection calls. Mm, That's great. And so it's not a time that's available for anybody else, but for her to reconnect with people within her own relationship base. Do you think she ended up increasing that time that she spent on that? I have to ask her. But at the moment, at the moment, it's just half an hour a week. And what she has told me is that she has gotten back in touch with college classmates, law school classmates. You know, she was uh, government side within DOJ, you know, people that have gone on back in, uh, you know, inside firms. And she has told me that it has not only provided her with ideas, but also she had forgotten what she had done for people. She's a natural mentor and a natural giver and a natural, and, and she had forgotten all these people that she had helped along the way that had remembered her. So what it had also done was not only did she block that time on a weekly basis, but she started to realize the impact that she had on others. That's great. So, There's a lot of lessons in that story. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it becomes a function of, okay, get this into your calendar And you say, all right, I'm too busy for weekly. It's like, okay, fine. Can it be every other week? 
Can it be at least once a month? Because if you were to think about it, you know, we're going, we're coming into 2022. If you were to at least pick one person a month, that's 12 new people by the end of the year. Right. Right. And getting back to relationship management, that's 12 new insights. That's 12 memories. That's 12, you know, and you don't know where they've gone on since and people they've interacted with. Well, Jason, you've got some great ideas here. We're going to put the book link on the show notes and your other links as well. Uh, Tell me this, if somebody wants to get started in building their relationships to infinity, what would be three action steps they should take to really get started integrating some of these ideas into their daily habits, into their daily routine? So one is mindset. Okay. What do you mean by that exactly? So mindset, meaning that you are worthy of getting back in touch with people and that you believe that this is something that is not only worthy of you, but others want to hear from you. Right. And you were talking about that self-talk earlier about, ah, it's Monday, I'll wait, and Tuesday, right. I'll wait, and Wednesday, I'll wait. For me, getting back in touch begins with mindset. You believe you're ready to do this. You're excited. You're ready. To, it's going to happen, right? For me, the second piece is about time and time blocking and getting into the calendar. So are you a morning person where you can make sure that you know the most important things get done you know, on a Monday morning at nine or Friday at nine or whatever that looks like. And for me, the the third piece is about your memories and what do you appreciate about the people that you're getting back in touch with? Because it can be, hey, let's catch up. But why did you think about that person? Right. What have they done for you? How have they inspired you? How have they made you better? How have they helped you along the way? And if you do that one, two, three, that's going to help you get over the hump of an activity that you're thinking about to an activity that's actually happening. Those are great ideas. And so tell us about your business. What are the things that you do? What are the things that you have that can help people listening right now? What would be some things that you want them to know about you, Jason? So I'm a speaker and a trainer. I'm business development, everything from how do you set up a business development plan? What does a business development and plan look like? And it's not uncommon for people in professional services to write a business plan, then rewrite the business plan, then write the business plan over and over again, where you're not actually doing anything, but thinking about your business plan. And so, <laughs> and so what I help you, what I help attorneys and accountants and consultants is like, all right, let's take the business plan and let's act on it. So anything from speaking, training, to group coaching, to individual coaching, helping people along that continuum raise their profile so that they can be in places where people that are in a position to buy their services actually engage with a conversation. As you know, these things don't take weeks or months, but years, and how they can develop a process around those types of things. That's great, Jason. I think you've got some real value here. I think people should order your book and we're going to put all of your information on the show notes and I hope that we can stay in touch. I know I'm going to have you back on the show here later this year. Thank you, Scott. And yes, keep in touch, literally. (laughs) That sounds great. Thank you, Jason. (laughs) Thank you, Scott. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. 
to inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.